Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome in. Happy bye week. It is another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined by Alex Barth from 98.5, the Sports Hub, as always. And it is the bye week, so no game preview here, obviously. So we're going to get into a little Q&A. So... Uh, everyone here, make sure to drop any Patriots questions y- you have in the chat, whether it's you know short term, looking at the Giants next week, if you want to talk about that game, uh, long term, draft, big picture, anything you got. And uh, while you do that, the, we will talk about today's Patriots practice because they did host their lone practice of the bye week here before they kind of pack it in for a few days. And they gave us a glimpse at the quarterback position which you know we get sometimes sometimes it's just stretching and then sometimes we'll get that first period where a quarterback will go over with the starting offensive line and, and take some snaps and do some walkthrough drills and it was mac jones so alex do you think that's you know where they're looking that's going to be mac when they get back from the bye or this is hey the reporters are out here let's just show them mac jones and we can go into the bye and then figure it out when we get back no, they, they showed us Mac Jones because they want us to say it's Mac Jones. And why would they want us to say it's Mac Jones if it's not going to be Mac Jones? I, I, I think that's who they're sticking with. Look, there's been reports all year that they don't necessarily love what they've seen from Bailey Zappi, right? Those reports that, yeah, they would have turned the job over if they had somebody they felt they could turn it over to. Now, are they right? I mean, I don't know. I don't see what's going on in practice. I don't, like Zappi hasn't been great in pretty much any window that we've seen him, whether it be training camp preseason, the games that he's coming in relief, is it worth the benefit of the doubt to give him a full week preparing as the starter and see what he can do? Yeah, that probably would be fair. doesn't have to be this week. This week would make a ton of sense with or this week being like the giants week, right? With the bye. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it feels like it's going to be Mac Jones. I think they showed us that today for a reason. I think that they're they're going to fall back on Mac Jones, and I think the important thing to remember is, from their point of view, I know a lot of us have moved on from Mac Jones. Even me, I know some people in the comments are going to be surprised to see this. So apparently I'm still this massive Mac Jones defender, even though I continue to say it's time to move on. I think a lot of us have moved on. I think a lot of us externally, right? I'm sure we're already getting questions about Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. and, and Jane Daniels, and I'm doing the, the quarterback show next with Taylor right here on the, the, the CLNS YouTube channel. But yeah, literally right on cue. Boom. Who replaces Mac Jones? Um, 
I think a lot of us, a lot of people have moved on, but you got to put yourselves in their shoes for a second. And they took this guy with a first round pick. You do that. You believe that player is the future of your organization. When you do that, especially at the quarterback position, he still has one more year left on his contract and potentially two with the fifth year option. Once you go away from him, like we, we can say we're done with Mac Jones all we want. If they're not done with him, it doesn't matter. You go back to the 2020 season. We were done with Cam Newton in October and they stuck with him. And that's the other thing. Bill has a history of sticking with his guy. If they believe Mac Jones is the franchise quarterback still, the only way out is through. You can't bench him and sit him down and then just go back to him next year and say, no, it's our franchise quarterback. We know we bench him for two months at the end of next year. You got to see it out. You got to let him work through the issues. So if they are sticking with Mac Jones, that tells me that they still believe in Mac Jones and they still believe he can turn it around and be the guy. Now there is that other overarching question of who ultimately will be making that decision. And that's a question I'm sure we'll get into again. S 27 is just right in lockstep with me, right? We'll be the next GM. That's a completely (laughs) separate question, but you know, I, I was a little surprised. I thought, and I think we talked about it on the last show, open it up. Mac Jones, Will Greer, Bailey Zappi, give them all a chance. It seems like they're sticking with Mac though. Yeah. And I would say to this, to, to somebody who just said maybe they think benching him uh, is a wake-up call, that's the in-game benchings. To pull him, the and it, you, you got to look at this collectively, to pull him the way they did in that game, which is so uncharacteristic. We're still talking about it at practice today. <clears throat> We've never seen a quarterback pulled in that spot. And, and then bench him on top of that for a guy that has already been reported they don't believe in. I I, I think the in-game benchings for the wake-up call, not all this. Yeah. And he was even asked about it yesterday on EEI. Like, have you ever seen a quarterback get pulled like that? And Mac was like, no. Like, just blatantly no. So it was definitely a weird situation. But, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of in the group that's, like, done with them. Like, I just thought that was the the last straw, that, that interception and then how they pulled him. But, you know, to your point, even if they don't think he's the guy – for the, like the long term still, which, you know, I don't see how they could be thinking that right now, but even just this year, they're still trying to win games. And I think we all seen how they've stuck with them so far this year and, and their other moves they made at the position that they view him internally as a better option than Bailey Zappi and, and Will Greer. So again, like, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that indie game was the end. It should be the end turn this over while you have two weeks here and just see what happens with, with one of the other guys, whether they battle it out or whether you just hand it to Bailey Zappi. But yeah, they, they showed us Mac Jones today and I think they might still view him as their best quarterback on the roster here and the best chance to, to win games going forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's clearly how they feel. Yep. And then just, you know, quickly, uh, elsewhere at practice today and then we will you know get into some questions so make sure you're still dropping anything you want to talk about in the chat there but jc jackson what was back you know obviously some disciplinary issues some off-field issues uh last week during you know before after that washington game didn't travel to germany jack jones was some similar stuff he was released claimed by the raiders we could add and uh but jc was back after that that week off and riley reef also who's been on IR the last few weeks, he came back. So that activation clock starts for him. 
be interesting to see if he does come back, how he kind of fits into that offensive line. That feels like it's kind of settled down on that right spot with City So and Onwenu, but I don't know if they would make a switch at Cole, Cole Strange, but two things to kind of watch for as you know they come back next week to prepare for the Giants, JC, Riley Reef, kind of in their plans here. Yeah, yeah. so on, on JC, I mean, clearly they're not entirely done with him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still kind of on a a, a thin rope, yeah. but he's back. He's here. And, and look, they need the bodies at the position, plain and simple. So so in that sense, he gets a chance. On Riley Reef, already been hurt once this year. I, I'm a little surprised that they're bringing that they're starting the clock to bring him back. They brought guys back when they're healthy and then just never activated them. They did it with Trey Flowers earlier this year. Maybe it's that. Or maybe it's a sign Trent Brown's not coming back, or at least not coming back anytime soon. Because really, Riley Reeves a left tackle. That's the position he played for most of his career. We know Vidarian Lowe can't do it. I mean, he got beat like a drum in that Colts game. I, they point. don't really, you know, Calvin Anderson is on IR. I know they've tried Connor McDermott at left tackle, but he's not a left tackle. He's a right tackle. They played it left. It, Riley Reef might be their best left tackle if Trent Brown's not available. So I kind of see that as a, a a warning sign for Trent Brown, maybe as much as anything else. Yeah, that, that's interesting because Trent wasn't out there uh, today. He was one of the two absences. We know he's missed the last two games, been dealing with ankle, knee, some personal issues as well. So that'll be something to watch. And Ty Montgomery was also not there. That was kind of a surprise because he wasn't on the injury report. He finished the Colts game seemingly healthy. We saw him yesterday in the locker room. He was room. there yesterday. And then wasn't there today. I don't know. I mean, they signed Jamichael Hasty, who's kind of that similar mold as a running back who can return kicks. Would you be surprised if they're maybe moving on from Montgomery here? I mean, I know a no. lot of people were talking Michael Carter. Uh, he was claimed by the by the Cardinals today. So uh, maybe if they need a roster spot here, maybe Ty Montgomery is someone to watch with Hasty in the mix here. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Very similar players. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they put in a claim on Carter. I don't know if there's been any reporting of that. I kind of just got he, home. But, he's, he, uh, uh, the Cardinals claimed them. So right, they, but the Cardinals have the top of the, the waiver wire. So the Patriots could have put no? in a claim, but they didn't get him. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, maybe so, they, right? When does that update? Tankathon. It's the reverse of the draft order. Okay. Uh, oh, no, the Patriots would have waiver priority. You're right. You're right. So yeah. they didn't put in a claim on him. Interesting. I thought that might have been a fit, you know, pass catcher yeah. running back. We've talked about so much, but uh, apparently not. So uh, any other things you had from practice or we can kind of get in some of these questions? I don't know if anything else caught your eye. I think it's time to get to the questions. All right. Should we hear from, should we hear from one of our friends first? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, hear from let's FanDuel get very that quickly. out of the way. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. 
$10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, let's, All right. let's get it started here. Uh, do you think Kraft is aware of how crucial it is to lose as many games as possible? I mean, it's it, it's a pretty basic concept. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he's not aware of it. The question is, does he is not he want the team to be right? I don't think he wants the team to be the worst team in the league. And the reality is, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say this a lot in the next couple of answers, but I'll, I'll just say it here first. Perfect world, they don't finish with the worst record in football or one of the three worst records in football. They win some games. You see some promise heading into next year, and then they trade up to get the guy they need. That is what the good teams do. So, no, I don't think Kraft is like oblivious to the concept of the worst record you have, the better pick you have. But I also think that it's not as simple as that. Yeah, I kind of agree. And, and, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to finish last. I wonder, you know, how much he realizes losing could help them, you know, as much as next year. I think the Germany game was still big for him. Like, I, I think he really wanted to win yeah. that one. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, again, like you said, it's kind of a pretty simple concept, but it's a bad look for him. All right, uh, let's say a lot of these kinds of questions. Let's say the Patriots pick at six. Marvin Harrison Jr., two quarterbacks and two tackles are gone. Is Brock Bowers the move or somebody else? So first off, I'd say again, you shouldn't be picking at six in this scenario. You should be moving up up. to get one of those five guys that went. Should not be standing pat in that scenario. That is a a worst (laughs) case scenario. That being said, uh. I, it, it it depends, you know, is Mac, what's the plan with Mac? Who's the coach? Brock Bowers wouldn't be the best player on the board here. He wouldn't be. I think Jared Verse is better. And now it's mostly defensive players. I think Jared Verse is better. I think Dallas Turner is better. I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is better. Um, he might be the best offensive player on the board. So that's where it gets weird. Look, if it gets to this point, I I would almost trade down. I would almost trade down a little bit. You're going to add a top 100 pick, likely maybe a top 50 pick. You can trade down, probably end up with a guy like Keon Coleman or Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze, and then try to trade back up into the back end of the first or early in the second to get Jaden Daniels. That's probably what I do at this point. Uh, but I also wouldn't let it get to this point. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was going to say, like, I look at the, it was the Cardinals last year they had, or no, it was the Lions. They had six. They moved down to 12 so Arizona could jump up and take Paris Johnson, I believe. So they picked up 12, and then they picked up another top 40 pick, I believe. So if you move down to 12, you probably have your pick of the litter at, you know, one of those two, at least two of those wide receivers, you know, behind Marvin Harrison would probably be there. And then you still have two picks in the 30s, you know, considering who you trade with to either move back up maybe for, you know, Penix or Jaden Daniels or one of those guys or, or, you know, offensive tackle, you build that other spot. So as much as we clown on trading down and everything, I think that might be the move at that point. It, it, and yeah, the other thing is tight ends are kind of a luxury pick. I always say that. Yeah. I know I always get across, but it's just, <clears throat> it's really hard to build an offense around a tight end. 
It, it, it really is. And people say, oh, it's just like a good wide receiver. Yeah, but it, it, it just, it, it, I can't fully explain it, but history tells us it's difficult to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, again, at this point, I'd trade down, but again, I would not let it get to that point. Uh, yeah. If the season ended today, would you stay put and make a pick or move back to the later part of the top 10 and pick up extra day two picks? Well, where the Patriots are right now, which I think is third, right? Third. Yep, still three. You're probably going to have a shot at Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams. So I, I would stand pat there. If you can get one of those two guys, I think you have to take one of those two guys, plain and simple. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if you're in the top three, especially at three, it's pretty clear cut. Either, you know, you take Caleb Williams, Drake Mayer, Marvin Harrison Jr., whoever's there. If you don't want to move up to get a quarterback, probably Marvin Harrison, unless, you know, we'll see how things fall. Justin Fields is coming back. Maybe Chicago sees enough for him down the stretch where well, they, they pass on a quarterback. But I think if you're in the top three, you have to walk walk away with one of those three guys. Uh, would they move Cole Strange to center? Hmm. Not as long as David Andrews is here. You're yeah. not going to push David Andrews out. Could they do it? Yeah. I would be concerned. His footwork's his biggest problem right now. And footwork's even tougher at center. I mean, he would need a lot of coaching. He might have the body type for it. But, and look, he's done it at times in the past. I I don't think his long-term future is a guard. And I don't think he has a long-term future with his team, period. Want to try to move him to center and salvage it, you could, but I'm not pushing David Andrews out the door just to make that move. Yeah, I, I'm not pushing him either. I think if he does retire, I think that's probably the best path for Strange starting going forward, maybe even as soon as next year. It's just, I mean, you mentioned the footwork, but I think the other big thing is power, like handling those powerful no, uh, defensive tackles, nose tackles, as we've seen, you know, DeForest Buckner for the second straight year last week. So maybe a move to center w would help that. Uh, I think he might fit better there than he has at guard the last few years. But again, like not at the expense of David Andrews. If he wants to be here, he is your starting center. And then you figure out Cole Strange in the left guard spot. All right. So if we're settled on a round two quarterback, so we go with one of the tackles, Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers. I'm going to say one of the tackles. And I know that's going to frustrate a lot of people. But here's why. Uh, a couple things. One, they need a tackle. And there's really no other way to get a good tackle this offseason. The, the draft class as a whole is not good at the position. The free agency class is atrocious. So maybe via trade, but the reality is if you're trading for a premium tackle, you're probably moving this pick. On Marvin Harrison Jr., he's a very good player. But one, who's throwing him the ball? Two, who's making sure the guy throwing him the ball has enough time to throw him the ball? And three, if it's still Belichick, they can't develop wide receivers. I know Marvin Harrison doesn't need a lot of development. That's fair. But... I don't know. Do you put it past them to screw a guy like him up? I don't. And I kind of said my piece on Bowers before. I think he's a luxury pick. So, well, I, I wouldn't be upset if they took Marvin Harrison Jr. here. I, I I would still call it a good pick, but I think that the tackle pick makes the most sense. And I think in terms of rebuilding the offense, that's the quickest way to do it. Because Marvin Harrison Jr. is very good. There's going to be other wide receivers available this offseason that are also very good. There's not really going to be other any any other tackles that are very good. And people say the tackles. I know people don't look at this position as much. I'll say this. Uh, Joe Alt is the Marvin Harrison Jr. of tackles. This is another guy that's a generational prospect. I've heard some people who study the offensive line closer than I do talk about him as like a Joe Thomas type. Like this is yeah. going to be your left tackle for the next 15 years. Set it, forget it. So 
yeah, I it's nothing against Marvin Harrison Jr. Again, I wouldn't be upset if they got him, but I just think the way things weigh out, I, I think they'd be better off with the tackle. Yeah. I mean, those uh, and and Fashano too, like those guys are, are yeah. really good prospects at the position. And you can find receivers, you, you know, in this day and age, you can find a lot of good receivers, but I would still have a really hard time passing on Marvin Harrison uh, as just like he he's, looks like an alpha wide receiver. He could day one be like a, a top 10 guy. And I think if you can't get quarterback, you, you have to get him and then just kind of figure everything else out. So, so I, I hear you with the tackles, but like I, I'd probably still lean Marvin Harrison at that point. If they were to re-sign Michael and Wenu and it's Ben Johnson as the head coach, I might change my opinion on that. And yeah. I might go Harrison because now, all right, you at least have one tackle spot set. It's a different coaching staff. Like this is where it's so tricky to do this stuff right now. We don't know who's going to be making the decisions. We don't know who's going to be developing the players. Like if it is, if the things, if Bill Belichick's back and they don't bring back Michael and Wenu, like we believe. It's tackle. Yeah. It's it, <laughs> right. It's, it's so tough to just go to Marvin Harris in that situation. If they, they find other ways to handle the tackle situation and it's a different coaching staff, I'd get in on it. So before everybody jumps down my throat and says, I think Marvin Harrison sucks, I let, let me let me qualify that. Again, <laughs> I, I don't think Harrison sucks. I think he's a very good player. I would not be upset if they end up with him one way or the other. No. Um, is the defensive end class good this year? It's definitely good at the top. Uh, Dallas Turner, Jared Verse, I think are both potential game-changing Pass rushers, lot to the kid from UCLA is pretty good as well. Um, uh, Chop Robinson, I like Dallas Turner. I don't, I, I, I don't know that much. Yeah, I did say Dallas okay. Turner. Yeah, um, I should say uh, <laughs> Tio Malalu, the kid from Ohio State. I don't. I, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about the depth of the class, but there is. It's it's there's a lot of talent at the top, and if that pushes guys down, yeah, I would be inclined to think it's going to be a good. And there's some outside linebackers in there too. You know, it depends on the scheme, but I, I'm inclined to think it's a good edge here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I know the top names that you mentioned there, like Chop, Verse, obviously, but I haven't on like dove into the depth of the defensive end class this year. Like, yeah. it's still November, and, you know, we're talking quarterbacks and receivers, although defensive edge is shaping up to be a, a sneaky need here for the team. As we've seen, they can't generate any pass rush without Judon, who's going to be 32 next year entering training camp and last year of his deal. So definitely a need, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see how that, how the depth of that class shakes out. Yeah. I, I just want to pull this up uh, real quick. When I say the thing about the tackle class is week, Trent Brown is the top free agent tackle in this year's class or projected to be. So yeah. that's, if you're not taking a first round tackle, you're either going with a project player or somebody worse than Trent Brown. Now, look, that doesn't mean the wide receiver position position is great either. It's going to take multiple years to rebuild this thing. It's just kind of where I'm coming from. Um, all right. What else, where were we? See, I scrolled all the way down to grab that. And now I lost <laughs> my place in the question. You guys said, all right, uh, I'm going to rework this question a little bit. Uh, the question is, when will we realistically be competing for playoff spots again? Look, the Patriots can do that. I think within two years, maybe a year, if they really hit on the next quarterback, I mean, like, look, the Texans were horrible last year, and they're going to probably go to the playoffs this year with C.J. Stroud. But here's how I like to, to frame this question. Everybody likes to ask, who's the Patriots' next quarterback? I don't think that's the right question because, look, for all we know, it might be Kirk Cousins on a bridge year. They're not making the playoffs if they do that. 
where currently is the next quarterback to start a playoff game for the Patriots, Brian? Is he on the roster? Is he on another NFL roster? Is he in college? Is he in high school? Middle school? What say you? I hope he's not at middle school, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go college. I think their next guy is in college right now. I think so, too. I think so, too. And that means a year or two. I, I it, Look, it, it shouldn't take... I've talked about, you know, what, what the base plan is for rebuild across the NFL on here before year one. Do you have the quarterback? Yes or no. Check that box year two. Can you be competitive? Are you in the mix for a playoff spot year three? You should be winning, you know, competing for winning your, your division year four and five is the real Super Bowl window of after you with the rookie quarterback being where that thing starts when you draft the quarterback. So if they can handle the rebuild realistically two years at the max, but they already botched one rebuild just now, so who knows? We'll see how another one goes. Um, is 2022 the worst Patriots draft class of all time? It might be up there. I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go. There might be one a while back that takes the, takes the top. But, I mean, we were talking about, like, the 2019 class with Nikhil being so bad, but... I mean, this one was one year, and we're already like, there's no one there really. You know, Marcus Jones is around; he'll have a role on the team. But it like, that was insanely fast for just pittering out and being like, this class is done. So, I mean, if it's not the worst of all time, it's it's got to be two or three at the worst. Uh, all right, here's another one. This kind of gets to what I was talking about before. If we, the Patriots draft a quarterback in the first round, they still need to draft a tackle. How do they do that? Again, they. They have more premium needs than they realistically can draft premium yeah. players. Quarterback, wide receiver, tackle, edge rusher, maybe corner, depending on how things shake out. You're going to need a trade somewhere or, or, or free agency or whatever mm. somewhere. And that's where that that's kind of where the Joe Alt thing comes from. I just think that's one of the hardest positions to add a veteran at. I think it's easier to add a wide receiver as a veteran. Yeah, they're going to have to make hard choices. And again, it's going to take more than one year. So, and, all, and also, you know, with the top, we're so used to having like one top 40 pick. Right? If you're in the right. top four or five, you're going to have two top 35, top 40 picks. So, like, you're banking on your second round pick being a day one starter here, too, which could be at the tackle spot with someone, uh, you know, James Morgan, I think is his name from Arizona, Patrick Paul from Houston. So, you know, you could, theoretically draft a, a day one starting tackle with your early second round pick there, or even package that to move back up into the first round. If you like a guy that much. So, and this is a guy I like, and I, I think this is accurate as I understand it right now, Patrick Paul, the the tackle from Houston, that's kind of my day two tackle. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a great tackle class. It's top heavy, certainly. So it's just something to keep in mind. I wouldn't bring back Trent Brown though. I think they need to move on from him. The, the year to year with him where he can't stay focused. It's not, you got to let go. I'd bring back Michael when I wouldn't bring back Trent Brown. Yep. Agreed. Um, what else do we got? Uh, apparently Joe Alt's a D three tackle and the Patriots. I have the Patriots trading <laughs> down for Joe Alt, who's a D three tackle bum instead of Marvin Harrison's. I go look up Joe Alt guys. I, again, I Marvin Harrison's probably a better player, but Joe Alt's hardly a scrub. Hardly. Um, what, what about uh, if we have to go this route, who are your top choices for bridge quarterback? 
Oof. Um, look, Max on the list. Yeah. He's already here. He's cheap. Um, I, I'm out on Kirk Cousins. Just 36 years old, coming off of the hardest injury to come back from a torn Achilles. I'm not super interested. It, it, all right, there's two kind of bridge quarterbacks. There's we're not going to address quarterback this year, and this is going to be our starter for the year. Or, you know, we drafted a guy, but he's not going to be ready till November. Like if it's that, I guess maybe Kirk because whatever. It's probably Baker for me. That's where he's I was. Uh... <laughs> been okay in Tampa. Um, he he he'll keep you in games. After him. You know, some of it is who's the quarterback you draft because you want to be a similar style of quarterback. I feel like I'm back in 2021 when we were, you know, pairing quarterbacks and it was, what was it? It was uh, 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 Justin Fields and Cam Newton, uh, Jacoby Brissett and Trey Lance. Uh, Mac and we Jared like, Stidham. <laughs> it was like pairing. No, yeah, it was like pairing wines, right? And meals. And it was like, all right, well, this guy's play style is similar to this guy's play style. So this is the guy you want as the bridge for this, or this is the guy you want as the bridge for this. Um, you know, some of it depends who you take. I, I certainly think Taylor Heineke is a guy who, who should be in that conversation. I wouldn't be opposed to Jacoby Reset coming back as a bridge guy. I'm out on Jimmy Garoppolo. Shocker for people who watch this show, no. but <laughs> probably time. Baker, just, just surface level, you know, like, all right, let's pair them. Let's, let's, let's do it. Caleb, well, you're not going to have a bridge guy if you draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, I guess. Uh, Michael Penix, probably Ooh. Baker, honestly. Jacoby? They're uh, kind of like, more, he doesn't more, have the arm, I guess. Yeah. So tough because he's a lefty. I know. Um, Is there any like back, backup lefty quarterbacks hanging around there that can just I think two is the only lefty in the league right now, like, I know. period. Yeah. Kellen Moore. Um, there there's your coach kellen moore (laughs) right um all right so we don't know beyond that uh um jj mccarthy jj mccarthy's probably also baker yeah that's what i was gonna say jane daniels uh tyrod taylor probably (laughs) there you go the bridge guy i put tyrod taylor up there in general i like tyrod taylor yeah I, I honestly do. I think he's got a bum rap in a lot of places. All right. We, yeah. we, we can do this in the spring. Um, what else do we got? Uh, need wide receivers for the next quarterback. Alex wants to draft a tackle. Well, I also want that quarterback to be upright. So, or whatever that's worth. Yeah. Not saying I wouldn't draft Marvin Harrison Jr. It'd be a tough choice and things can certainly change. Things can certainly change. And from the same guy who trusts Bill Belichick to draft tackles, who trusts Bill Belichick to draft wide receivers would be my... <laughs> Yeah. My retort to that. Yeah. See, now I'm getting, I've reached the part in the comments when I said that. It's everybody freaking out about me saying Joe Alt. Um, uh, Here's a good one. Okay. What's the solution at safety? Obviously, they've struggled Great to question. replace Evan McCourty this year. Uh, Kyle Duggar will be a free agent. Peppers is under contract. Uh, uh, Adrian Phillips too will be a free agent and his play time has obviously drastically decreased this year. So uh, I think it's, it's Duggar and, you know, do you look to bring, like try to find that pure free safety type in the, in the draft somewhere to finally like actually replace Devin McCourty instead of just cycling through these box safeties back there. So uh, I don't know if you have a plan in free agency or draft, how, how you, 
you, would you, go you got to find that. a true free safety. They have missed having that true center fielder so much. And I get they thought it was going to be Kyle Duggar. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not his role. He can't do it. You still have Peppers as a box safety. Maybe you bring back Duggar to play next. And we're going to get him for cheaper now. Whether it's in free agency, whether it's in the draft, I would go free agency. I like a veteran. I believe Taylor Rapp only signed a one-year deal with the Bills. That's a guy I'd call again. Uh, they need to get a true free safety, and I'd like to see them do it in free agency. And if they do that, they're good in the box. They're fine in the box. They have peppers, but they do need a true free safety. Yep. I think uh, I was looking for Rap here. Yeah, he is a free agent. He's played. Okay. He's only played 27% of the snaps in Buffalo this year, so maybe they he move on. Play from a lot, him. But I still think he's they don't know what they're doing defensively. I still think he's Yeah, he fits the mold. Xavier McKinney could be another interesting option. Bama guy, Giants, he's still only 25. If they do they go draft. that draft, too, I remember. Yeah. Uh, if they do go draft, uh, I said to you today, Kalen Bullock, uh, USC. I know USC defenders might be a little scary, but he's probably the best, you know, like free safety, really good range in, in this class. Might be a top 40 pick, though, so I don't know if they want to invest uh, you know, that type of asset at that position, but it's definitely something they'll kind of need to address here going forward because they've struggled to, you know, re re replace DMAC there this year. Yeah. Yeah. A guy I like is uh, Steve Stevens from Oregon in that yeah. role, too. Uh, uh, someone said Isaiah Bolden, free safety. I don't think that's really his skill set, but I, I will. I could use see it. it. But I, I I wouldn't be like locked in like all right we have our free safety it's Isaiah Bolden like I'd give yeah. him a look but yeah I will say with someone bringing up Isaiah Bolden what I said also said today earlier was he's shaping up to kind of be a sneaky guy they're missing this season especially with the cornerback depth taking a hit this year uh, you know he showed some flashes throughout training yeah. camp that was intriguing so. It would have been nice to see him, you know, in game action this year. And they've got nothing out of that kick return spot with Ty Montgomery this year. And Bolden was obviously one of the best college returners during his time at Jackson State there. So, you know, just kind of a underrated, sneaky guy that could have factored into the equation this year and been fun to watch. Yeah, uh, just somebody sent the comments because I said the thing where like if you draft Caleb Williams, you don't need a bridge quarterback, and they said they still need a veteran. There's a difference between a veteran backup and a bridge guy. Like Baker's not coming here to back up Caleb Williams. If he's going to yeah. start initially over a guy like Jane Daniels, it's different. But um, yeah, just different. They they would still probably need a veteran. I, I would agree with that. But yeah. it's a you're you're talking about a different kind of player. Um, what else do we got here? Should we use this quickly to hear from yes. our other friends over at LinkedIn and then keep dropping in some questions there because we still got some time to hit on a few more here. But let's hear from LinkedIn. Let me tell you that this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can't trade in business. You got to just go out and, and, and sign free agents and find people. And LinkedIn Jobs will help you do that. They'll make it easy as well. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile 
to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Adding the right team member can make a big difference. You can have that kind of addition as well. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat, B-E-A-T. To post your jobs for free, terms and conditions apply. Somebody said I'm uh, really stupid today. It's not just today. (laughs) For the record, you guys are beating the crap out of me in the comments recently. I don't know if it's because the team's bad or what, but oh, oh my god, everyone's just lashing out at two and eight, really. And apparently, it's my fault. Um, I drafted Mac Jones. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, what are our thoughts on KJ Jefferson? Interesting question, KJ Jefferson. So, I I like KJ Jefferson, yeah, I liked him a lot more before this year. He had a rough year. I don't know that. Yeah, if, if if Mac had shown you something this year, it wasn't like great, but like in giving you, if we weren't already moving, if the consensus wasn't to move on from him, right? If they were 500 and he's he's winning them some games and he's losing them some games, but it's like, all right, we're going to pick up the 50-year option, extend the experiment for a year, see what's going on. KJ Jefferson would be the guy who'd be saying, yeah, take him in the third round. He's super raw, but I love his natural skill set and, that way, if Mac Jones doesn't work out, like he's not a bad plan B. I just don't think there's enough of a floor for him to definitively be the next guy. I, I like him. He's big. He's a tank. Great run with the ball. Monster arm. Reads the field super well, but uh, his accuracy isn't quite where it needs to be. Uh, he hasn't been good in late game situations. He hasn't been good under pressure. I, there's too much work. If they want to do like, if he fall, now if he falls a little bit the other way, and they want to do kind of the RG3 Kirk Cousins thing and draft two quarterbacks, one in the top 50 and another one on day three, and you tell me he's the day three quarterback? Yeah, okay. Like, I wouldn't be mad if he ended up on the Patriots, but he's not the guy that I'm like, all right, yeah, let's give the keys to KJ Jefferson. I thought yeah. he might be at one point, but I, I haven't liked what I've seen from him this year. Yep. Uh, let's see what else we got here in the comments could they trade bill if that's how they wanted to move on they can he is under contract as we all know so uh what do you think they could get for bill because sean payton was obviously the last coaching trade and he went for it was sean payton in a future third for a first and a future second and but you know he's 12 13 years younger than bill but do you think a team like Washington or the Chargers would, you know, give you a first round pick for Bill? Yeah, I, I don't know. They're getting much more than that. Uh, the the coach for coach trade stuff's interesting. Like I think somebody from the Athletics today wrote like him for Vrabel or something like yeah. that. Um, I I think that's part of the reason he's still here. Is yeah. be, look, I and the extension, they can get something for him because. There's going to be a T we say this with players. Sometimes nobody's going to let him hit the open market and become a bit anymore. At a certain point, somebody's going to say, we don't want to bid for this guy. We don't want to have to sign him to a new contract. The contract Patriots have him on is fine. We'll, you know, can they get a first round pick? I would think so. I, I do think they can trade him. I think that's part of the reason he's still here. If you fire him, you can't trade him. He's not yours to trade anymore. 
So yeah, I, I, I absolutely think they could. I wouldn't rule that yeah. out at all. I mean, you look like you look at a team like the Chargers, who you know they have that all the offensive talent and uh, their defense is bad, but they might see Bill as you know worth a first round pick to put them over kind of the hump here with with Justin Herbert and. You know, maybe maybe they do that. So I just and, the Chargers so cheap. I don't think they pay him. I keep hearing the Chargers and the Cowboys. That's true. Now, if Bill's like f this, I'm catching Shula. I'll do it for free. Chargers make a ton of sense. Yeah, a ton of sense. But if you know his ego, he still wants to be the highest paid coach in the league. The Chargers are never going to have the highest paid anything in the league. Forget yeah. head coach. <laughs> I, we all know what happened with their training staff. That they cheaped out on. I don't see that. As for the Cowboys, again, roster-wise, makes a ton of sense. I don't see how him and Jerry Jones coexist. I just yeah. don't. And I think they both know that. I don't see how that would work. Yeah, I still think it's Washington. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you can get a first-round pick for him, then three picks in the top 40, right? Then you can yeah, really— Yeah, now, now you're cooking. Now you're in great shape. Yeah. You could really hit a go. hit a quarterback, one of those wide receivers, and then a tackle, and like right. You're, you're I would perfect. go. I, I'd go. You take the quarterback in the top three. I'd probably go with. Uh, just again, we've talked about the lack of depth, and people are going to say I'm like obsessed with the tackles, but there's a lack of depth there. I'd probably take J.C. Latham there in the middle of the first round, yeah. and then you get Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Leggett, Brian Thomas in the second round at wide receiver, and you're in really good shape. Speaking of which. How feasible would it be to pair Penix and Odunze? Tough, but not impossible. If Penix falls down the board a little bit because of his age, it would probably make it easier. Look, they're both going in the first round. You're going to have to trade up at some point. Um, it'd be hard. We were talking about this today, actually. It's funny. We we're down there at Taylor, and, and we were talking about, like, which quarterbacks. You could pair, yeah. The receivers most likely, like uh, – you know, I think you could see. I'm, I'm, I just pulled the receiver board up here. Jaden Daniels, Malik Abers certainly could happen. So could Jaden Daniels, Brian Thomas. If he comes out, I think now this would be the receiver first, but you take Keon Coleman and then you double back on Jordan Travis on day three. That could happen. I think that's probably more realistic than Penix and Adunze. Uh, if and it's been reported he's going to go back to school, but if Quinn Ewers comes out, you go Xavier Worthy on day one or A.D. Mitchell on day one, and then you, you get Ewers in the second round, that could happen. I think Bo Nix and Troy Franklin certainly a possibility, but I think you were the one who said this today, Brian. You're looking at Jalen Polk and, and Jalen McMillan as the two guys you're probably pairing with Penix more likely from Washington, not a Dunze. Yeah, I think that just makes better sense from like a logistical point moving around the draft board because you know Adunze is definitely probably a top 20 top 25 pick and you'd assume Penix considering the medicals and everything check out yeah. will also be somewhere in that first round so that that move we talked about earlier where if you're at six maybe you trade down you get Adunze then you can trade back up and get Penix like that's possible but I think if you're looking to pair Someone like Penix with one of his receivers, it's probably Polk more likely. So, yeah. Uh, was it feasible last year? We'll do some revisionist history here. Was it feasible last year to get, I'm assuming Downs is Josh Downs, the wide receiver, and a tackle instead of White and Mabu? Yeah, it was. And I'll tell you this you could have had Keon White, Josh Downs in the tackle. Mar Marte Mapu's the second guess here. And I like Keon White, and I think Keon White's going to be a good player here. But you could have gone. Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, Josh Downs went 
the next three picks I remember were guys I, after Mop, who were all guys I really liked for the Patriots. I don't remember the order, but it was Tucker Craft, the tight end from South uh, Dakota, who's been good for the Packers this year. Um, it was Josh Downs, and it was Byron Young, defensive end from Tennessee, who they, they weren't going to take and shouldn't have taken after Keon White. But I just remember those were the three guys. You could have gone Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, Josh Downs, and then instead of taking Jake Andrews with your first pick in the fourth round, you could have, or, or Chad Ryland, whichever one went first, both of those guys, either one of those picks, you could have taken Dewan Jones, who's been excellent for the Browns this year at, at right tackle. So uh, I, I, you don't even need to put Keon White in here. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I still like they picked Keon White. I still think that was a good pick. Uh, and, and look, Mapu in theory, that, that pick was so hard to judge because in theory, I liked that. All right, here we go. This is like a 220-pound athletic linebacker. Boom. Mike in the chat. Perfect timing. Fred Werner. Like, this is the guy that's going to spy Josh Allen and spy Tua and spy Jalen Hurts. And, like, they've needed this guy for so long. And they tried with Raekwon McMillan. He kept getting hurt. They tried with Mac Wilson. He just wasn't that good. Here's a guy, top 100 pick. They're trying it. And if you all remember what I said, I don't know if I said it on this show. I definitely said it with Evan because Evan was all wrapped up in the idea that, yes, here we go. You know, this is the guy. They have this athletic linebacker. Remember sitting there saying they're going to play him at safety. They're yep. just going to turn him into a 220 pound safety. They don't trust to play linebacker. And then we got to camp and he was playing linebacker. And it was, oh my, remember how excited we were about Marte Mapu in training camp? And OT, OTAs too. And OTAs. He was like the and, MVP of OTAs. Right. He was flying because around. Because he was playing linebacker. He's playing all these <sighs> different positions. He's played, I pulled the number up. I, I don't remember what it is. It's in my, if you go read uh, my mid-season report card on 985sportsup.com for the defense. He's played the heavy majority of his snaps as a free safety or as a box safety. Yeah. People say box safety linebacker. What's the difference? Box safety. Don't spy linebacker spy. That's it. Like he hasn't been doing the stuff he was doing in camp, which at this point, if this is what you're going to have him do, he's basically just been the same player as Kyle Duggar and Jabril peppers. He's giving them a breather. You don't draft your third string box safety in the third round. And they buried Adrian Phillips in the process. That's the pick to me. Second guess. I'm fine with Keon white. I have no problem. With Keon white. You take Josh down and look, Josh Downs and Demario Douglas would have been redundant too. That's another conversation, but yeah, Josh Downs would have been a better pick than Marte Mop, who I said at the time, I'll stick with it. Yeah. I mean, I'll give them, you know, speaking of Douglas, like you give them credit, maybe if they're like, oh, we don't need Josh Downs because we'll get Douglas later. Right. Uh, like that worked out well. But I think Dewan Jones, like Jake Andrews over Dewan Jones, like, yeah, that's still a weird one. Like, you didn't um, need I, another interior guy. Even, you know, he took two more later. And, like, I don't has know. Jake Andrews played an offensive snap this year? I don't I don't think so, no. I don't believe – right. That's that's a pick. That guy should at least be rotational, and he's not. Um, Yeah, if you want to split the hairs with Josh Downs and, and Demario Douglas, that's fine. But, hang on, I'm trying to find the, uh, find the pick here. Give me a second. You had – First of all, Tajay Spears go a few picks later who they could have used. I'm trying to see the next wide receivers were. Um, Michael Wilson, I wasn't a big Michael Wilson guy. Trey Tucker has been good, went a little bit later than that. Wow, you really no wide receivers here. And Darius Davis, Charlie Jones. So, um, you know, they could take a Darnell Washington, though. Again, even Tucker Craft. I know they had uh, Henry and Gesicki, but they needed that blocking tight end. And Tucker Craft would have done that. By the way, snaps this year for Marte Mapu. Three as a uh, defensive lineman. 
Uh, 71 as a linebacker. 21 as a box safety. Four as a wide corner. And 30, uh, 53 as a free safety. So that's, was it 53 plus 71? Is 122. And I think I read those numbers wrong. But actually, let me see here. Let me... Expand this. All right. So he has played. So I get the safety number right. He's played a little more than half his snaps of safety. It's just not what we were looking for. It's not how you want to use him. Because, I mean, you mentioned he was linebacker at OTAs and training camp. He was linebacker like 87% of the snaps at Sacramento State, right? Like that's what he did. He was awesome in the senior bowl, even coming downhill in the run game at that position. And they just haven't done it. It's very frustrating. And I don't think they're about to make a sudden change. We hear Steve, uh, Brian Belichick, Gerard Mayo being basically saying like, yeah, we're, we're starting them at safety. So just frustrating usage there from a third round pick. Just not, not what we had in mind. Uh, yeah. Harbaugh, I assume this means to take over for Bill. Uh, no, no, that's a no for me. Yeah, I'm good. I don't want college coaches. He's a weirdo. He comes with a ton of baggage. No. Yeah. Out on Harbaugh. I don't. I don't mind Harbaugh, but not, not here. Uh, I'm good. There's only uh, one college coach I want, Coach O. Coach O. For the record, I, no, that wouldn't work. But although I selfishly, like personally, I think it would be a ton of fun to cover him. Oh yeah. It wouldn't go well. Definitely. Wouldn't last long, but that would be a fun year and a half outside of the team not being very good. <clears throat> I like Coach O is, is the point. Uh, stick it on coaches. Yeah. If Gerard Mayo becomes head coach, who do you think he makes OC? We were kind of talking about this one again today at Gillette. Yeah. It's... We already did the show today in the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I feel like still Gerard's the next guy, but – I know there's a lot of talk about get the offensive coach to keep the continuity and people are like, Oh, you know, it's working so well with D'Amico Ryans and Houston as a defensive coach. Right. But let's see how it looks in a few years. Their offensive coordinator is already drawing like head coaching gigs. It looks like, so, you know, you see how that looks. So you want an offensive guy, especially with a rookie quarterback who's going to be here a while. So if Mayo is the head coach, is it, Josh McDaniels, because you know he's not going to get a head coaching job. He's going to be around here. I'm still like hesitant on Josh. Like I just kind of want something new. Like maybe Billy O is like I'm happy being home in New England. I'm not going to go anywhere. Like are you leaning one of those two guys? If it is Mayo, or do you think he might say, "Hey, I, I got my own guy in the college level or over here." Like I'm gonna I'm gonna bring someone new in. I think it's got to be a veteran offensive play caller just because it's not something he has a ton of experience with. I would not be surprised if it's Mayo. Because if it's Mayo, it means they're okay with sticking with the current regime. It would not surprise me if Bill O'Brien stuck around for another year, which I think, yeah. personally. Uh, speaking of the offense coach staff, how much blame do you put on Troy Brown? Uh, good amount. I did, The wide receiver coaching has not been as good as it needs to be. That's another guy I think you look to replace in the offseason one way or the other. For many years, He's a great player, too. love him as a player, great guy, but it's not getting the job done. Yeah, a multi-year problem too. So, route running, spacing, development—like it just hasn't been good in that room. So, yeah. uh, anything else we got here, or we can start wrapping this up? I know you're going to talk a lot more about these college quarterbacks here very soon. Yeah, but... I'll be on with Tate after this. Um... 
Zooming through one quick last one. Mad about us talking about Mac Brian Flores. <laughs> I'd be in on Brian Flores. I, I I think it's the same thing where like you need that veteran ex- I- I play caller. I remember so when everybody was doing the with Jimmy Garoppolo, they had the guy they let him walk conversation. It's right conversation, wrong guy. It wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. Brian Flores was the next guy. I truly believe that at the time. I think that he is. Uh, and I know people have pro have their issues with what he's done. Uh, you know, his issues with the league, some of which I think are warranted. Like, I don't want to get into all that, but as a football coach, I think Brian Flores is a terrific football coach. I think he understands the game at a very high level. I think he's creative. I think he gets the most out of his players. And I think his players truly enjoy playing for him. I don't think he gets bogged down in the nonsense that comes with the job. Um, I would love it if they hire Brian Flores. I don't know that he'd come back to this organization, but uh, I I would be ecstatic if Brian Flores was the next head coach of the New England Patriots. I'm a big fan of his. He kind of do you think he kind of seems like Gerard though? Like at that point, why not just give it to Gerard or just, there, would you rather the, the experience? I I just yeah the head that's kind of it I think and it's not necessarily something that Gerard doesn't have. I just don't like I've seen Brian Flores as a head coach. I think that he. And, and at the time, I, I, obviously, people criticized him for it. But that he got, what was it, five wins, six wins out of that Dolphins team? That he came here and beat Brady in New England with that team that roster-wise looked about the same as this Patriots team does? That was the tank for Tua team, wasn't it? Right. And, and he was, was pissed that he games. won like, so many games. I just think that tells you a lot about who he is and the, the, the way he maximizes players and the buy-ins he gets in players. And not just on defense, on offense, too. Uh, so yeah, that's like, if I, if it was between one of the two, I would take Flores. It's not against Mayo. I just, I think that experience is valuable and it tells me something. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I don't think that for a number of reasons, I don't think that's going to happen. Yep. Which it is, right. it is what it is. Any last things or you want to wrap this one up here? Um, where, where if Bill leaves, where does Steve and Brian go? I wouldn't be upset if Steve stayed. I, and I mean, Brian too, like he's kind of in a lesser role there. I, I was somebody who was critical of Steve when he first became the de facto defense coordinator. He's a good coach. He's now. grown a lot. He's done a very good job. Yeah, he's a good coach. I, I would not be upset if he's, I don't know if he wants to stay. I wonder if he could get a head coaching role at the college level. BC. Uh, yeah. Well, I had half of these probably. Well, they're, they're good now. Yeah. Play. Yeah. There was a time where I wondered that. Um, yeah, I think it think this be a comes weird down dynamic. If Mayo took over as the head coach, you know how they've worked together, and now this guy. I mean, you could give Steve the DC Look, title. I, then, it's right? it's and, funny. I don't think it would be a weird dynamic because Steve essentially supplanted Mayo for the DC job. Yeah, and they still work together, so it'd be the same thing, just in reverse. I, I think it more comes down to how Bill leaves. Yeah. Does he leave on, on good terms? Does he retire? Does he go elsewhere? If he goes to another team, he's probably going to take Steve and Brian with him, I would think. Yeah. So I I think there's a, a, a situation. I think there's a world in which they do stay, but we don't know enough. There's certainly a world in which they don't either and in which they're coaching elsewhere next year. Um, I don't think of, they'll be out of coaching. I, I do think of, one way or another they will have jobs. Yeah. A lot of dominoes need to fall before – you get to kind of their future, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I think Steve has 
you know turned into a pretty good defensive coach here so if he wants to stay around i'd be all for that uh it's kind of a loaded question do you want to answer this question before we wrap it up were we wrong about mac jones (laughs) i don't know it's a fair question to ask it is um i i look i didn't think some of the i thought he would be mentally tough enough to carry over in in break some of the bad habits he broke last year he wasn't and yeah. and in that sense i was wrong uh i think from the beginning if you would when i said the pay when i said mac jones was a good pick for the patriots my idea was <clears throat> quarterback position set you don't have to worry about it all these other things that have played you offensive line wide receiver you can pump all these assets into it and they never did that and in that sense i still think i was right not that I was right. Let me rephrase that. I don't think we'd be in this spot right now. Look, would we be debating the fifth-year option? Would that kind of thing? Uh, maybe if they had gone with my plan. And I never thought Matt Jones was a sure thing as a franchise quarterback. I don't believe I ever said that. I think that if uh, if you had told me the plan was to invest entirely in defense after drafting Mac Jones, I would have said that's not your guy. <laughs> If they're drafting a guy to continue to be below replacement level on offense and still win, no, then they needed to trade up for a more dynamic quarterback who that year looked like Justin Fields, and he's had his own issues. But, um, yeah, it, no, because a lot of people have asked me that. I, yeah, I, I think I kind of uh, underestimated his ability to bounce back from the damage that was done last year. But what I would say to you is if you want to take a victory lap on me, for saying I was wrong about Mac Jones and saying, you know, I'm not somebody people should listen to about the draft because I said Mac Jones was a good pick. Here's what my question would be back to you. You have to look me in the face and tell me you're okay with the way they handled Mac Jones the last three years. Because if you're okay with the way Mac Jones was handled and you think it was purely a bad pick and they did everything else right, fine. If you really believe that. But do you really actually believe that? Because that's where I'm kind of coming at it from now. Was Mac the perfect prospect? No, he was not. But whether or not he was going to work out or he wasn't, every single step along the way, they made the choice to ensure that he wasn't going to work out. They botched the quarterback development 101. Um, and that's where I'm coming from. They need the, they need the next guy. Mac Jones is not the long-term guy. But they, they could draft Caleb Williams. They could draft Drake May. They could draft whoever. The next guy's not going to succeed if they continue to make the same mistakes in the first three years under that guy. Yep. They didn't handle it well, and he didn't handle it well either. Right. right. Like through all the tough times, he didn't handle it well either. So nobody won one. here. Nobody won here. Nobody was right here. Yeah. Last one. What's Taylor's show again? It is Patriots Daily. It is right here on this channel. It is coming up any moment here once we log off because Barth yeah. has to go talk some college quarterbacks more in depth with Taylor. So make sure you stay on to tune into that, but uh, go follow Alex on Twitter as well at real Alex Barth. Go read all his work over at 95 D You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and go read all my Patriots coverage throughout this bye week at patspulpit.com. We will be back next week, Monday, I believe usual time should be usual time. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. So you are notified when we go live, but Until then, thanks everyone for tuning in. Enjoy your bye week. Enjoy a Patriots-free weekend of football, and we will see you guys later.